and welcome to London Stock Exchange's latest edition of our Be Inspired series. In the series, we speak to founders and CEOs of businesses that have listed on our markets. We ask them about how they came to be listed, how was the journey, and what does being listed mean to them. I'm Tim Davis from the London-based Primary Markets team, and today I'm joined by Nadim Raza, who's the Chief Executive of Nottingham-based Microlyze Group PLC. Microlyze floated on our A market in July 21. It raised 61.2 million of equity, giving a market capitalization at IPO of 156.5 million. It also attained our green economy mark ahead of IPO. Nadim, welcome. Perhaps to start with, you could just tell us what Microlyze does. Well, firstly, thanks for having me on. So Microlyze is a company that has two types of customers. Firstly, we provide solutions to the transport industries. So anybody who runs large fleets of trucks, for example, like Tesco, Asda, DHL, etc., And we provide them with hardware and software that allows them to manage those fleets of vehicles, thousands of vehicles, trailers, people, and so on. And a second type of customer is companies that actually make those trucks. So companies like MAN Trucks from Germany, Tata Motors in India, uh, and even people like JCB that make construction equipment all around the world. So why take it public? Well, we've grown by about 400% organically over the last 10 years. And we felt that we could accelerate that growth significantly by doing acquisitions. Uh, and we felt that uh, going through an IPO and being listed would be a great way of enabling us to raise that capital uh, for that future growth in acquisitions. And was it always part of the plan, an IPO? No, an IPO wasn't actually part of the plan. <laughs> okay. uh, originally, we were looking at really only two options. One was a trade sale, uh, and the other option was to get VC backing. Mm -hmm. And um, somebody came along and said, have you thought about doing an IPO? And that was about, now about three years ago. And we really didn't know anything about how to do an IPO. So we spent a year or so investigating it, working out exactly what was involved and so on. Uh, speaking to yourself, of course. And um, after a while, we, we decided actually that was probably the best route for us. And so we embarked on that. Uh, process of, of becoming a listed business. Okay, so having done all that exploratory work and homework, if you like, how was the process itself and what did you learn from it? The process was pretty much uh, as we expected. We'd already been warned about the challenges involved and the amount of time it would take and the amount of effort from different people from uh, our finance department as well as our legal and then as our marketing departments, etc. Um, but I think the bit that surprised me was the amount of legal due diligence, the level of detail that we had to go into to verify uh, and justify every single point on our presentation was beyond what I had expected. But other than that, it was a process pretty much as was described by our nomad and so on. Then the obvious question is, how did the um, workload and the execution of the IPO differ from any other fundraising and deals that you've done? The workload was different in the sense that it was a lot more detailed. We had a lot more people involved from our side of, of the business, but also a lot of third party consultants as well. So I guess it was probably two or three times more 
uh, involved in terms of effort and time than other fundraising that we've done previously. And in terms of the, that you mentioned the time, in terms of the real work involved, how long did it take you to get it done? So we started in December yeah. um, uh, and we completed the following year in, in July. Uh, I must say, you know, we had an original plan of completing in May, so it did overrun. Again, I wasn't surprised at that. I kind of expected it to, to overrun by a little bit, but yeah, roughly about six to seven months was the time frame that it took us. And so, as you said before, you know, Microlyze is a high growth business, it's an international business. How did you manage both the business and the IPO project? Well, we knew that we couldn't just do both as business as usual. And so we had to backfill certain resources, particularly from our finance team, uh, to give them the bandwidth to be able to focus on the process. So we did take on temporary resource in a number of different places uh, to make sure that we had the capacity to, to, do, to do the project. Okay, but presumably only one CEO overseeing both projects, if you like. <laughs> well, that's, that's absolutely true. But, but the key to being a CEO is having the right people and assembling the right team, not just internally, but also externally in terms of advisors and so on. And we, we did a great job of that. And it was really down to both internal and external teams to make the, make the project work. So talking of management and, and just sort of looking down from the helicopter view of the business now, how has IPO facilitated changes in the management, the structure, how you run the business? Of course, we have some non-execs, which we didn't have before. Um, but on top of that, we've taken much more uh, rigorous process in terms of how we do PR and the way that we release information out because obviously we have to uh, have a lot more governance in place to ensure that we comply with um, the, you know, the stock market rules and regulations. Yeah. So beyond that, nothing else has really changed. Business is operating pretty much in the same way as it has done before, although, as I said, there is more governance around some processes in how we release information to the market. Okay. And talking of non-executive directors, um, how have their roles changed post-IPO? So they, they, they help in the broad sense to get the IPO done. What about post-IPO? Prior to the IPO, we, we actually, you know, two, three years ago, we didn't have any non-execs. So we knew that we needed some non-execs uh, post-IPO, but we actually decided to bring them in uh, in April. And so we, we, uh, we decided to go down the IPO route in December. We brought non-execs in, in in April. We obviously completed in July. And we brought them in earlier so that actually they could provide us guidance uh, throughout the IPO process. Um, and you know, they, they, they fulfilled that role April to July, and then obviously post-July, they've got stuck in, in terms of challenging us as a board and helping us uh, with key decisions uh, throughout. So changing uh, tax slightly, what about um, ESG? Because we mentioned that the company was the recipient of the green economy mark ahead of IPO. Um, what have you done or plan to do to evolve the ways in which the business functions against that ESG backdrop? ESG has been important to us because one of the key things that we do is help our customers save fuel and yeah. obviously that helps them reduce their emissions particularly when you're talking about large trucks operating throughout the UK and, and the, the level of volumes and so on that they, that they emit. Um, but ESG has become more and more relevant particularly in our discussions with our investors. Uh, we've had a lot more questions, a lot more challenges about what we're doing on that front uh, from, from our investors. And 
We've now got someone on our operational board that's dedicated to looking at ESG. Uh, and so we are formally now putting in plans, making sure that we can hit those plans and those targets. And we're going to be publishing reports out to uh, inform investors of our progress against those targets. So who inspires you personally and or professionally as an individual? <laughs> well, well, lots of people inspire me. I mean, you know, of course, uh, I read the biographies for Steve Jobs, uh, for Musk, um, but also there are other people like Nelson Mandela, uh, etc. that, that, you know, that you can take inspiration from. And I'm a big believer in quotes because I think quotes embody certain nuggets of, of useful information. So I'm always reading out quotes to all of our, uh, all of our team, reminding them about certain things, etc. But there's lots of people that inspire me and I, and I you know, really like to take particular points from, from all of their experiences and their, all their stories. So what's crossing your mind at the moment or what quote is crossing your mind? Uh, well, one that I often, I often use with our team is uh, no good deed goes unpunished, <laughs> um, which which is a reflection of saying that, you know, you might go off and try and do the right thing, um, but it also sometimes has some negative consequences. And you should be aware that no matter what it is that you do with all the right intentions, uh, there are sometimes some negative consequences that you have to be, be aware of and, and also mitigate against. And what are your own big drivers? Because I've, I've heard it said that being chief executive, especially of a fast growing, quite large company can be a lonely place at times. So well, what, what pushes you on? Well, it, it, it is sometimes, but I, I've always um, reflected back over the last few years and said, well, what is it that makes me tick? Uh, and the, the bit that, that I'm always uh, pulled towards is that I like solving problems. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a problem solver at heart, you know, and I like challenges and I like looking at things and, and trying to fix things and make things better. And, and in some ways, I think that is part of the role of a CEO. You know, you have, in our case, 600 people, um, lots of challenges every single day, and it's about helping all of those people solve all of those problems, not just internally, but of course for our customers. Yeah. And is the one business mentor that you think of, in terms of all the stuff you've read and that you think about, does anyone stand out? Well, for me, one of the key things that I liked about Steve Jobs was his focus on simplicity, about how you make things simple and how we as people continually make things complicated. And, and, that's an, and it's an ongoing challenge to continuously look at things and look at the products that we develop and the solutions that we develop and really try and focus them down to being as simple as possible. Uh, because it's easy to make things complicated. It's actually really, really hard to make things simple. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, Nadim Reza, Chief Executive of Microlize Group PLC, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us today. If you'd like to watch more of our Be Inspired series, please go straight to London Stock Exchange website or alternatively, lsegissuerservices.com forward slash spark. Thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm.